Yeah. And now you can be in the whenever you want to start. Three, two. Hello, welcome to the Square Base Show, featuring me, your host Rob, and my co-host, Val Heffelfinger. In this exciting and thrilling episode, we're going to learn how to build armies in the new old world. And let me tell you, you are not ready for the thrill ride that you're about to go on. I'm ready, Rob. (laughs) I'm glad you're ready. We need to be ready because this might be, and I rang you earlier, this is an emergency podcast, normally Tuesdays. Normally Tuesdays. It's now a Monday. We've we've stepped it up. Uh, You could say... We've stepped up to the front rank. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, because, in my opinion, the information we're about to go through, which is how you build your armies in the new old world, is the most stunning of all the almanac information we've had so far, and I love it. Yes. But... Yes. No, yes. I don't know what you think. Oh, um, yeah. Well, it's actually not just... Uh, army composition uh there's all kinds as always you know you're going to come to us to read between the lines and uh and and see the unwritten text of the warhammer community uh authors often it's just please god help me or i can't afford my rent but this time uh there's some other very unique and special things that uh they have written in there that uh, maybe we'll have to look through to see i gotta tell you i got shivers earlier that's how excited I am about these particular sections. It's quite interesting. I because... mean, it, it could be the COVID, though. <laughs> talked, <laughs> talked about off air. Uh, just, oh, looking, okay. just looking for a quick lockdown, everyone. Just looking for a quick lockdown. <laughs> just a three-weeker, just so I can get all my affairs in order. I've got a lot of jobs to do. got to clean the venue. Lots is happening. Mainly got to clean the happening. venue. Uh, and Why? This, is, uh, this isn't really relevant, uh, because I've got some agency more events. But it, it, because in March, not that I don't have like, uh-huh. 12 events before then, the Squarebase yeah. GT is fully sold out here in not fully here. sold fully sold out wild absolutely wild that's so great uh i'm really excited are you gonna add some more dates i'm now uh, well you'll have to find another celebrity guest other than me but are you gonna add some more dates so what, what are you gonna do yeah well so yes uh, i think most of those other 23 people you and me talked offline uh could i just go to a larger venue my favorite thing about the tsn arena is that i cater to 24 people really really well um, and I don't then yeah. I don't really want to then just go to some school hall and serve everyone Greg's uh, just because I can get more people. Instead, I'd rather put on another date and then yeah. have that be even if it's only half full, still have that date be a thrilling date. So I'm looking at basically the week before or the week after the original mm-hmm. date, um, it's mainly because two of my friends specifically are like, we missed the tickets. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, so I've just, <laughs> I just said, I'll just put it on which one of those dates they can do. That's why I said it. <laughs> anyway. Well, there uh, you go, Rob. Rob underestimated the raw power of the old world. I don't think he, he realized just how, how, how like, just throwing, just, it was like throwing, uh, you know, chopped up strips of beef into a orca's tank, you know? Like, they were just all over it. I don't know. Did orcas eat beef? I don't know. They, uh, they but, eat billionaires, and I love that. They eat billionaires. Also, I do want to do, uh, while we're talking about events, if you don't mind, very That's quickly. Hashtag Square Bast. Uh, the Old World First GT in Umea, Sweden, is also selling tickets. I think they're actually coming coming uh, coming out in the beginning of uh, March. Just wanted to plug them. Uh, definitely, uh, Linnaeus is a uh, listener of the show, and uh, he'd love to see some international travelers. Pretty north in old Sweden, I got to say. Umea. Uh, and I, I believe so, yeah. Isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's up it's, there. Yeah, yeah, like people from like Stockholm would much prefer to travel to England than go north to Umeå. Like, yeah. I, feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel like the Miscast Table, which is a great YouTube channel uh, that does uh, eighth eighth edition content uh, for fantasy. I think those guys live up that way, and they travel to Stockholm a couple times a year for a big event. So anyway, it's, it's like six hundred kilometers, I think. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's uh, Sweden's got Canada vibes for sure. Uh, so uh, so anyway, if anyone's interested in an Arctic adventure and in, in uh, 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 hopping the old Volvo and uh, head up head up the uh, whatever into Scandinavia, there's that, and we'll put some information about it in the uh, in the show notes when this goes up. Also, uh, a great kind of segue here is Pershaw's asked in the chat, and this lets us talk about the book. Um, did I miss the launch date for the old world? How are people organizing events? And thank you to the Duke TCW for subscribing. I feel like that's the oh. Crown War Gaming, the Duke, the Crown War, Triple Crown War Gaming, the Duke, the Duke McHugh. Oh my God! If you want to go check out Triple Crown War Gaming, I'm actually going to ask them a bunch of questions. I want your the details off you later to ask them about hills. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I was in bed last night, being like, "Remind yourself to ask Val about how, the hills." And it's like, what? Like incredible... as in, ha- <laughs> go on about in what in what sense? <laughs> I, I don't want to get into it now because no one else will care. But how many we mm. need? Are they actually really right. functional? Do you like? Yeah. Do you think the meta is affected drastically by hills? Should I include them in my events? Should I not? Long stuff no one cares about apart from tos who also tos are the most boring people. Let's be clear. Like they're like like and everything you experience from a to it bores you. Packs boring. Other yeah. rules, boring. Unless Just- you went to the Squarebase GT, in which case you were all over it. Squarebase GT participants, maybe the maybe the most on the ball group of <laughs> tournament people I have ever done any organ any any organization of anything I've ever done, including employment. Uh, <laughs> those people were on on the ball. So maybe the old world crowd is a is a special type of nerd that likes to read things. Uh, judging by the old rule book, that's a good skill to have. Okay, yeah, so listen, uh, I want to I carry on with my segue. I got distracted by the subscription, yes. so thank you. Uh, no problem. Persia in the chat asked a good question, not a dumb question. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. yeah, bring that you know, self-confidence up about how are people organizing, how are we organizing events and putting on, how are events in Umir being scheduled? How am I scheduling events? Um, and the, the answer is really simply because we know the answer, um, uh, specifically thanks to me, but also there are <laughs> indicators online um, which we yes. can, if you don't want to take my word for it, uh, then you can, uh, you know, uh, Val hit us with the goss. Well, it, it's it's a little bit, a um, uh, little bit lost, a little bit in my uh, in my memory banks because it was a little bit a while ago. But you might recall in a previous episode we talked about the Black Library reveal and how they had referred to the world of legend, 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 and in that world of legend, they were going to speak about exciting things that were going to come up. And then the preview happened, and what? They didn't talk about anything to do with the world of legend. So that means that they either forgot or changed their mind or whatever, because there's a book publisher, I want to say in France, who put up a, uh, a preview uh, for, a, uh, for a book called Lords of the Lance by Graham McNeil, featuring a bunch of Bretonians and a lady on a Pegasus, a lady peg, if you will. And uh, and the thing that is most interesting about this is they not only, uh, you know, they, they put it up with a release date. And if I'm not mistaken, the release date for this totally unrelated branded Warhammer the Old World book about Bretonians, Lords of the Lance by Graham McNeil, was January the 20th, Rob. 
Is there, I know. Is there fire worth the smoke? Do we think there's some I can, smoke I can, fire? If you'd like, I could add some kindling to this spicy, hot fire. Uh, I previous I, this is not true. I, I'm I'm being surreptitious with letting you know this, but I tried to book a table at Warhammer World um, uh, next year because for some reason I wanted Why? to leave my custom built wargaming table and go down the road to play at Warhammer World, <laughs> um, and I tried to book the twentieth, uh huh, and I was unable to because of a um, private um, event. Uh- a so private I, event. Well, uh, well, an event. So then I was like, okay, so no problem. I'll go buy a ticket for said event on the website. I go onto the website. There's no event on the website. There's no Age of Sigmar 40k event on the website. So what indeed is going on the 20th of January, Mr. Van Heffelfinger? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and to finish this all off, to finish this all off uh, as to how we think it's coming out very soon, um, if we look at the end of the uh, the Old World Almanac that we're, we're about to go through, uh, you can see that they do say there's going to be an Almanac uh, next Monday, which is Christmas Day. However, if you look quite clearly... It doesn't say what the almanac will be. Uh, we finished it's the day, day after Christmas. Boxing, it's a Boxing Day. Sorry, it's a Boxing Day release. Boxing there. Day, yeah. uh, or in Sweden, the day after Boxing Day, um, if you're Swedish. Uh, so, because they do Christmas the day before. Oh, the Christmas Eve is the big day. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It says um, so. Uh, there's no, there's no like. Oh, we'll next be going on to these rules, and the reason is because that will be the announcement of the launch day. That's that is. Look, we've done so well there. We are. We're like Holmes and Clouseau working together. Uh, only I'm. The, okay. Yeah, I want to okay, be Quincy. So you're, you're calling. You're calling the twenty sixth. By the way, for our American friends, Boxing Day is a date that no one who celebrates it understands why it exists. I think boxing things up and giving it to the poor. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah. So the, the, yeah. What is what is the purpose we would of boxing? Never day? do that. Are you mad? What, well, what, are you, what are you boxing then? Or are yeah. you just fight, fighting in the streets? We're boxing the poor into workhouses. That's what's Got happening. it. Got That's it. what's happening. Got, Not yeah, square-based. Way more, way more uh, accurate, likely. Uh, so we're thinking 26th. All right. That's interesting. So if we I'm have... I'm thinking 20th. No, you're I'm thinking... thinking you're, I'm thinking... What I'm thinking is, is pre-order... No, they're going to... I think pre-order will be like the 6th or whatever the... What's... Like something like so that. You think, and then, All right. and then it's like two weeks, and so it's like the twentieth. Is that yeah? That's right, twentieth. I think release. Well, on the 20th. this is a big deal. Maybe maybe we get the Boxing Day announcement, and then we get a little three week pre order starting on the thirtieth. Who knows, guys? It may also we might be full of poop, but this feels this feels really relevant and real. So it feels like the old world's coming, and also we've uh, well uh, we we've thanks to uh, Rob's excellent cafe intel have believed for a long time. That uh, old world was going to be in the fall of 2023. Hashtag whoopsie doodle. And then, uh, but now oh, it's 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 all it's all it's all coming together. I think this is it. We're on the cusp. We're edging on. We're, we're right there, buddy. The thrill is palpable. Uh, finally, uh, two two bits. Uh, number one, uh, we didn't get obviously uh, since we were last live. We had the whole Tomb King box leak. We saw the World of Legends. We saw the contents. Do you have a quick? Well, do you want to do a quick five minutes at the end? Do you want to do a Tildr now? Um, let's quick five minutes at the end because that's that's old news. Let's go to new news. New old new old about the new about the old world news exactly exactly uh and a a final question because we do these if this was a chill tuesday this is how we'd be doing it 
Have you done any hobby past week? Been any chance, or you've been been packed wall to wall? <sighs> Hell no! It's it's uh, the uh, it's the holiday season, and the Heffel House is is uh, is is rammed with with festive cheer and get-togethers and stuff. So no, there's been no time for for that. Um, and uh, but one day very soon, and I've and I'm, I've been looking at some decals. Uh, that's a very important thing. I've I've at, I've aspiringly bought a lot of decals decals, depending on how you like to look at that. Um, and, uh, for the Bretonians specifically, cause I have some Bretonians that I think are really close to being very nice, except, uh, whoever painted them, their free hand was a little bit shaky hand, if you know what I mean. Oh. And, uh, maybe they had a little left or right eye dominance cause they're like crosses are always a little bit, a little akimbo. So, uh, figure just put, get a nice high opacity paint. Uh, perhaps I'll take a recommendation from, uh, from, uh, from the intern and, uh, huge hobbies. Rouge and do a little hobby rehab. That's my favorite kind of hobby is you take someone else's hard work, swap some bases out, maybe clean up a couple things and boom, you got an army. <laughs> it's good. Well, I'd like to make a small, if you don't mind, announcement. Uh, Go ahead. I have printed uh, and uh, now I'd previously printed some of my Bretonian Lost Kingdom guys before. Oh, hey guys. But I wasn't very happy with the print. And so my first bannerman of my Grail Knight unit uh, fully printed there, uh, just to showcase oh, people. Beautiful. If you listen to the podcast, you can't see. Just imagine a perfect mini. Um, and I'm actually nice. super, super chuffed with this. It's come out re the shield. I wish, wish you could see the detail on the shield. It's very, very pronounced, which is excellent. Could, could you give me a little, little stress test on that banner? Uh, give me a little. Give me a little. It was off frame. Off. You're, you're out of frame here. Oh, you can't see it, but it's pretty. I think that's pretty pretty. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable that. with that. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't be super comfortable with the banner of just like a plastic banner to to bend it that much either. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th yeah, those are just for everyone at home. Those are Lost Kingdom minis, uh, is what that that's the set from, um, which is uh, good. Heart would have on the never ending. The street, yeah. On the never ending, uh, yeah, it's like the Elon Musk uh, yeah. Cybertruck review. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite uh, moment in all of human history, by the way. My favorite, maybe moment. one of the best. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what a doofus. Um, uh, what I was going to say was, yeah, Lost Kingdoms are fantastic. Now, Rob and I have a little bit of a disagreement over this. I think maybe he should have downscaled them a little bit. We'll mm. see what happens with the on the tabletop. I'm assuming that's one of your beautiful new 30 millimeter by 60 millimeter bases on there, though. Yes, I. Yeah, maybe we should just mention that actually really quick. Yes, we have uh, we've put a bunch of bases uh, up for order if anyone wants to. Um, but we had them designed with a little magnet hole in. So yeah, if I show you on the on the screen, Ooh, you can see it. Oh, hello. Uh, I'll try and get some light. There's a couple of magnet holes so you can magnetize them on. So that's fun. That is fun knowing that now I can just speak to our designer and just be like, I need square bases now. I'm sick of this. Um, uh, which is pretty fun. And we also were, we also did a cool little like movement tray thing, which has been super fun because that's also a bit of a headache, movement trays. So uh, we did a fun little movement tray thing where you can, they're, they're extendable, basically, and extendable. So mm -hmm. they're, they're all up on the Oz William shop if you want to go check them out, but you don't have to. That's not really the purpose. It is fun. Not the purpose. Because I don't know if you can get 30 by 60 millimeter bases at the minute. So we're doing 30 mil bases and 30 by 60 mil bases because they're not out yet, I think. Will they ever be in stock? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. I was here. I was listening to a, a 40K podcast because I don't, I don't know why. But... Uh, <laughs> 
There was a Necron player who is like, yeah, the Necron rules look really good, but uh, half of the stuff has been out of stock for six months. It's like, okay, cool. Good stuff. Great way. GG, guys. Release the codex without the models. That's totally not going to happen for Old World, though. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I, I'm not 3D printing uh, because I want to. I'm 3D printing out of necessity. Those models will not be available. I actually want the old, old Grail Knights. I want Grail Knights in metal that don't stick together and break my clippers. That's what I want. Like, this is just uh, like an unfortunate thing. It's like, just an unfortunate thing. Uh, and also, I'm going to plug my personal favorite Bretonians. Actually, I think they're both very good, and you can mix the ranges as well. Uh, that that was Lost Kingdoms, and my favorite are uh, Titanforge. Yes. Uh, I think Titanforge is great, and they are available in both 28mm and 32mm scale, because um, you will find that I think Rob's uh, Grail Knights there will look really great next to like uh, the AOS Blood Knights, anything that's been on a properly um, scaled horse, mm. uh, but um, one of the most like graphic, and I've, we said this on the show so many times. One of the most like glaringly mismatched scales that they do in heroic, old heroic scale, the old style, style that GW would sculpt in, was like vehicles and mounts. Horses were all much smaller than even twenty-eight millimeters. So uh, that's a tall horse. It's going to be very imposing. <laughs> well, I, yeah. And um, I did talk about this when I did the release video, like, well, the leak video. And I said that it does look like the Tomb King is bigger. Me and the chat spent at least 30 minutes on it. That isn't in the video. We were like, <laughs> is this bigger? Like, someone was getting a, like, we were doing trigonometry. Someone was looking towards the stars to see if it was the right size. Like, there's a whole thing. And I think the Tomb King is 32 mil scale that you can see on the back of the box. But to be discussed in the future. We'll it's not see. It's, yeah, it's not. However, let's get into the thrilling news, if that's cool. Let's do it. Let's, let's do get it. to the emergency. We promised an emergency. Yeah, this is an emergency. Okay, so Old World Almanac mustering the Grand Army of Britonia. And this is huge. This is huge. You and me discussed this. Mm. Um, we talked about mm. it. Be, mm. We discussed it by, like, so you and me discussed, I said it was going to be points ratio. You were talking about, like, like yeah, you agreed, but you wouldn't mind seeing uh, Force Org. <laughs> Uh, it is going to be points ratio. What's your feelings jumping off the bat there? Uh, au contraire, my friend. I would have preferred to see a force org. Um, just because from a list building perspective, it it just makes things easier. Um, and I think also from a balance perspective, um, things that we've seen um, certainly in 40K uh, around force org, um, like detachment-based systems, allows you to, I guess you could still do rule of three in in this. Um, and uh, we'll see actually interestingly how they do control like spamming of certain units and things like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, uh, I would have liked to see a force arc, but you know, I can figure out what 25% of 2000 is. It's a number. Yeah, well, the, uh, no, I said that you you did say you would have preferred a force arc. I think. Oh, whatever. Yes. Like, whatever. Um, Either way, yeah. I, I would have, I'd like, I'd, and like, I'm, I don't hate this. Obviously, this is what I'm used to. This is the way 8th edition worked. This is not how, it's surprising to me, too, because this is not how the previous editions for 6th and 7th worked. This is actually a throwback to before that, and I think to uh, uh, other games as well, like Warhammer Ancients Battles. Um, so I think this is good, especially <clears throat> as we get further down into this almanac or farther farther in, because it does seem like army list building has been blown wide open from like the blown how, how it's been blown blown the hell up. And actually, this might be the most free form and exciting kind of way to build armies that we've seen yet for Warhammer Fantasy Battle, or at least uh, you know before the it was purely an RPG days. Okay, so yeah. Uh, it's time to muster your forces and select an army. I kind of got a shiver about this. This is exciting because it's like, 
like finally like that's what i want to do as yeah, they, it's big uh, it's big as they have always been in real life armies in the warhammer the old world selected according to a system of points ah, interesting yeah, games yeah. are not power because that was a thing uh, games do not have a recommended points value as long as you've got a general and three units you have an army however 2000 points per side will make for a substantial two to three hour game perhaps involving a hundred or more models each this really reminds me of when i was a doorman and i was like Hey guys, I'd really like it if. Uh, do you think you guys want to leave now? And they're like, <laughs> and, I'm like and I'm like, it's a suggestion, but it's a, it's so also it, it's also a statement. Is it is is it just the is it just Britishness that like like any like you can't make a like you just can't make a direct statement that it has it has to be adroit uh, every time. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I don't understand. Like yeah, like uh, and it's a funny thing with 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 these guys that um in a lot of their systems they're very reluctant to name the the points level that they they think should happen and i, I don't i don't understand why that is but anyway 2000 points sounds like what they're shooting for i think just i don't know about you rob but uh you know like a lot of a lot of hullabaloo about eighth edition was just and there's a lot of reasons for it but one of the big reasons was uh uh you know the big model counts and it was hard to get an army on the table Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, painted well, and there are these big units and stuff. But especially from a, a tournament scene perspective, the standard was, depending on where you were, either 2,400 or 2,500 points. Um, I think that was largely driven by the allocation you were allowed to use for characters, though. Um, so because the, in those days, only 25% could be, uh, at the time, lords and heroes. Um, and, uh, and well, let's, let's keep that, going down that, the list. And that boxed a lot of characters out at the time. Yes. And so I think that in order to get more characters, which are your support units, your buffing units, and to be able to do a lot of cool stuff, I feel like the tournament scene pushed the, the points level higher. And as the tournament scene does, I think the, you know, like the game store scenes and, you know, garage hammer scenes, they'll usually follow whatever the convention is. And I think that pushed the, uh, a standard game into that 2400 point point range which is pretty big. So yeah, so one of the things I do when I talk about Age of Sigmar, I call it, uh, like I now follow like the kind of the magic thing and I call it Age of Sigmar standard. I'm like, you know, everyone's following the the preconceit. Like, and I feel like that eventually they will end up with an old world standard. And I think that's good because then you, yeah. you're all having a conversation. I like, but like there's a pug thing I could talk about all day. I won't do that today. So 2000 I, points. That's, sure. what we're all, that's what we're all going to be playing. 2K. Uh, 2K, right. baby. 2K, right? Understanding army composition lists. An army composition list is broken down into a number of categories. Characters that lead your powerful army. Core, the heart of your army. Special and rare. Special is skilled mm. and veteran troops capable of anchoring a battle line. And then rare mm-hmm. is the most unusual models in your army. In addition, huge. In Age of Sigmar, whenever anyone types in addition, in addition is one of my favorite sentences in Warhammer because then it's That's like... A clench, it's a clenched butthole moment. Yeah, yeah. In addition. Many army composition lists will include one or both of the following categories. Mercenaries. Some armies can include specific units drawn from other army lists of mercenaries. This is so good. This is so good. Because it just means like some designer in Forge World can be like, mm, what if I make like what if I make uh, hobgoblin mercenaries who are all as aristocrats? And it's like it's just a pack <laughs> of ten. Yeah. And that like and it's yes. just some it's effectively just some RPG unit. Ugh. This is thrilling. Hot take. Hot take. take here. Yeah. Maybe they're baking in. Maybe they're baking in the return of Dogs of War. Oh, they are that. Yeah. No. That's yes. Clip that. Clip it. I mean, ship it. Make that a short. They're baking in. You're right. You couldn't be more right. 
and and it's set in the border princes down by uh Talea and Estalia, uh totally not Italy and Spain. Um so all of these things line up now. We're getting a little bit of a, a Venn diagram in the middle of it. The filthy dogs of war, which oh. would all be incredible kits um if they were to reimagine them slash probably just re-release them. <laughs> well, hopefully reimagine them. The- <laughs> <laughs> But also just from like from a perspective. So like if 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 like as we've as we've noted over time, uh this is a game aimed at uh existing players or players who have nostalgia for the game, not necessarily like from their perspective. I think it's gonna draw in new people, but I think it's clearly the first take is this is for people who miss fantasy want it to come back. Mm. And the thing about them is a lot of them, sure, maybe re rebase their armies or sold them or whatever, a lot of them have armies, like I have. A lot of armies that are already ready to go. I don't necessarily need to buy a redone kit. And so once we saw in the spring that um, that you know old models were coming back, specifically Knights of the Realm, and Robert and I were were heartbroken. Uh, anyone who is calling us GW simp's uh, due to Rob's hot takes on the Tomb Kings video needs to go back and watch the only old models uh, video on the Honest War Gamer streams where we are just devastated about this. However, I think strategically, Wait, no if one, you want, no one has ever accused me. That cannot be. No, no, you don't read. Oh, by the way, a hundred the the comic guarantee. If if we go go that many views again, I I can't do it. I have carpal tunnel. Um, the <laughs> uh, the uh, but anyway, uh, yes, they did. A number of people did, uh, and I shut them down as fast as I could. But anyway, um, if don't if, let Rob see if this. you if you're selling if you're selling the game to people who already have the stuff then focusing on new kits that are just net new, things that no one owns, mm. um, is, I think, not a bad strategy. And that's kind of what I guessed at the time. And we've seen that. So, like, the only new Tomb King model that we've seen so far is one that didn't exist before. It's a zombie dragon. The only new uh, kits that we've seen for Bretonians are Heroes on a Pegasus. I, like, we didn't have a Hero on a Pegasus model for Bretonians specifically. Uh, and as well as uh, foot knights, which have never existed. So I, I wonder if we'll see that as a consistent pattern that as we go forward, the model kits that are new are completely new. Well, I mean, yeah, like I don't want to, I don't spend ages on this, but I also do. I could do yes. probably three to seven hours on mercenaries. I'd like to see random, like you know, like you yeah, said, this- dogs of war. Like I would love in the the comments on YouTube, and if you listen to the podcast, any of those things. Like if there's a space for leaving a comment, do that as well, uh, or go and join like our Patreon and leave the comments in there. I would love to see everyone's. Because like there'll be people who've been in this hobby a long time, and I know maybe Val, you yeah. could riff off a bunch of them. But there was some like little side beat you read in the fourth edition codex of one of your armies that you were like, "Oh my god, I would like to see that unit." Uh, you know, something from the Black Library books where there was some, you know, uh, mercenary company. Mercenary companies just of themselves. Like if you just went down to the designers, like, okay, guys, uh, I just want one mercenary gang warband company from yeah. every race. But they're mercenaries and they sell their they sell themselves. Go. That's twenty insanely good kits that could be on the horizon. You might say it's a nice little 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 slice of creative design space that they may have carved out of them carved out for themselves. So yes, mercenaries it being in pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, hashtag honest war gamer TM um, design space. Okay, right. And then allies. Most armies can include an ally contingent drawn from another army list, which is also cool. 
Yeah, it's cool. So now, now I'm going to take off my enthusiasm hat and put on my tremendously skeptical hat. Okay. Um, the last time, every time GW has brought in unbounded allies rules, whether that's seventh edition, 40 K that I've experienced personally, uh, or, um, uh, uh, eighth edition, 40 K there was a, a derogatory to- term known as soup. You could soup your armies. Oh yeah. I like to call them multi-faction armies. Um, and basically what happened, what will ine- inevitably happen here is yes, it gives you a lot of like cool scope to create, um, you know, really narratively driven armies with good reasons for things to be there together. If you're looking at it from a tournament format perspective, though, what it will do is it will create metas of armies that don't really hold together and ruin the immersion. And I think because the tournament meta always drives what people play, and I, I'm, I'm going to say that again, the tournament meta drives what people play. Tournament players are the most excited. They're the ones who always share what they're doing. Other people just follow along. Um, uh, you'll you'll start to see people getting gripey about, you know, I don't know, uh, orcs fighting alongside Tomb Kings or whatever, if that's possible. So I, I am, I am, and on top of that too, you get interactions like um, uh, Taudar in in seventh edition uh, and sixth edition 40k, where you would just get these armies of the best things from two really good armies. And um, so that would be my one, like throw a little cold water on it. From a tournament perspective, I'm not sure I really do want to see uh, allies in the list, but we'll have to see how they actually mechanically do it. I think, like, I think one of the things we've seen really uh, done really, really well from like you know AOS and 40k is that they put power behind narrative. Like, what I mean by that is, is like if you have a purely single faction, you get a lot of bonuses, um, and then if you do ally something, then they get none of those faction bonuses. So they're allied in because they're just good in of themselves. And again, if it's point percentage based, they probably won't be able to make it like a huge portion of that army. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. It's been a problem in the past. Uh, I understand. Um, but we are where we are. Uh, which is yeah, interesting. Right. Uh, Just, I don't want to be a simp, Rob. Uh, also, I hate that word. Uh, yeah. Also, <laughs> please keep saying I am. That's great. Type on like official threads. Be like, oh, do not cut. post. Do not post in the <laughs> Facebook Old World group that Rob is a simp for Games Workshop. Okay. And do also, not post yeah. that. Also, do not post this. Also, everywhere else on the internet. Come on, get get <laughs> to it. Right. Anyway, every faction. Uh, there's a there's a little asterisk there. We'll have a grand army upon release, and the little fact, the little asterisk is stop. Yeah, Go uh, to the asterisk. I am because it's it's huge. Yes, including those factions getting a PDF list, f- known as on this channel and for future in the whole community, renegade factions. Renegade, renegade. So. Huge. That is a wonderful thing for them to have committed to in print, and they never go back on what they say, so that's fantastic. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so including those factions getting a PDF list. So this is this is incredible. So it sounds like, uh, very much what I've heard already, is that every faction will have the same level of Grand Army upon release. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think as, re- as, as reported here... Uh, created and playtested at the same time, potentially. I think so. I think I think produced and playtested at the same time, um, which is which is interesting. 
Uh, and then, so this is going to be huge. Everyone has got a grand army upon release, a balanced list of options from which you can pick a wide variety of units chosen from four categories shown above. There's usually one page of stipulations about the full range of units from each faction is available for selection. Let's take a look at the grand army of Britonia. So we're going to, so your core army list is going to be known as a grand army. So that's what it would be. You like my grand army list. Uh, and so, and here you can see Kingdom of Britonia grand army list composition. So in characters, um, or probably should we start with core? We'll start with core. Because of core, you need at least 25% of your army's points value need to be spent on, and you must have one plus. You must mm -hmm. have one unit of Knights of the Realm on foot and or mounted Knights of the Realm. You all uh -huh. also must have one unit of men-at-arms and or peasant and bowmen. And then you can mm -hmm. have zero to one unit of Knights Errant per unit of Knights of the Realm on foot or mounted Knights of the Realm taken. Tell me how you feel. Uh, one zero to one, Knights of the Errant. Sorry, give me, give me that one again. Zero to one units of Knights Errant per unit of Knights of the Realm on foot. What? Or mounted. Or mount taken. So basically, for every one okay. unit of Knight so the of the Realm cheapest. you take... That's, they're the cheapest, yes. Yeah. For every one unit of Knight of the Realm you take, you're allowed one unit of Knight Errants as well. Um, now, this is kind of interesting. I'm going to jump out with my two thoughts, if you don't mind, straight off the bat. Number please one, do, this means that this is going to look like it's going to be different for every army because it's not just like in the core rules. For Bretonia, it looks like this. And I actually quite like that because if you're building like more of an elite force, you know, mm -hmm. you could be like, I'm gonna allow them to have more characters, let's say, or I'm gonna require their core to be bigger or whatever it might be. You know, they might be fairly sure. standard. Um, and then when we get to some of the other elements, like the characters, they're very restrictive. Uh, but also this is a really good, um, uh, kind of like kickoff for helping new people into an army. And what I mean by that is, I remember being confronted with Empire back in the day. And I was okay. like, oh my God, I could get swordsmen, I can get pikemen, I can get spearmen. I'm like, yeah. and, and committing to getting 30 to 40 of any of those was a big deal, yes. right? The 10 per kid as well, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, be, just, be, just being like, oh my God, if I make the wrong decision, this is a disaster. Um, yes. But this is like, you've got to have a unit of Knights of the Realm. So go out and buy a note or print or, you know, sure. build out a yeah. matchsticks, whatever you want. You've got to have one unit yeah. of men at arms. And that's, I think, really good for new people. I think it's great. Even good for people who are just busy. You know, they're not like, like that's great. I like that a lot. Yeah. What do you feel about this, the core situation? Um, the core situation, so with, with, with Bretonia, um, I think it's it's not as bad, and I'll be really interested to see um, other uh, grand armies in the future because, again, I think one of the things that really drove model count was that you had to take, in this case, 500 points of core, which tends to be your cheapest units. Bretonia is not as big of a deal because, obviously, you're going to want to take lots of either, you know, Knights of the Realm uh, 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 as, as sort of your core cavalry thing, um, and you could min, min, minimum troop tax a, a unit of men-at-arms and fill out your core probably with a reasonably low model count, mm. um, which is which is good. Now, some armies won't want to really do that because their best stuff is going to be in the core. But for armies where, you know, you are, you know, basically purchasing units because you have to, uh, I'd love to see ex more expensive, you know, powerful choices maybe sneaking in there, which would be great. Uh, also interesting here, too, is that uh, the Knights Errant um, are kind of uh, locked in a ratio, uh, whereas before, I feel like Knights Errant often were were used as, ironically, 
it completely con contradicting what I just said as the cheapest option um, to fill out core. Uh, and Knights of the Realm, because they were a little bit more expensive and you know marginally better, were not used as much. So it's interesting. You're driving efficiency by saying what you have to take, um, and um, and it's and yeah. So I think it's it's totally fine. I like that there's more guidance than just like you said, let, let, more guidance than just twenty five percent core, because it also lets them. My concern earlier: push armies to what they narratively want to see. So that the armies look right. It's not just a bunch of knights errant and grail knights or whatever. You know, you have the core unit. Knights of the realm have to be represented, um, and then a bunch of uh, stinking peasants. <laughs> yeah, I, like I think it's great. Like I, I really do feel like armies should play as that, like the ludo narrative dissonance that can occur, uh, which is what you were really talking about earlier with the forty k thing um is I, yes yeah like i'm i'm really pro so i think being told what units you should take for a, for an army if is like them sticking to and maintaining a narrative which should keep the lore nerds happy which is good also yeah it creates some and really it's not just lore nerds it's not just lore nerds i think it's it's anyone because again like these games are so cinematic and yeah. they 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 fundamentally like it, it's a game of aesthetics you can play this game like you said with matchsticks or torn up pieces of paper or printouts or whatever. You can play this game with anything. Mm. Uh, but we play it with really expensive, uh, like uh, exquisitely handcrafted miniatures on purpose. So if those miniatures don't create the world that you're hoping to see, it's a, it can be a real big turnoff. And I think uh, I think that, you know, the game, the, uh, you know, various editions of, you know, all of the games that GW have done that, again, because they're too afraid to, Put constraints on things and force an force a economy of choice into narratively driven choices uh, have resulted in games that are kind of like eh, to look at and don't 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 fire up the imagination for players and eventually that becomes a turnoff. Um, so I'm glad to see this because a, a an army of a grand army of Bretonia is going to look like a grand army of Bretonia. Yeah, sorry, I I, I forgot that I, I forgot that sometimes I don't like this is people. Some people may have not been introduced to me. One of the things I always say is tournament gamers are also law gamers. I say the same thing, same group of people, literally one circle, and people blow it like like that's not true. And I'm like, you would be amazed, at like like why I'll go to an event and I'll be like, why do you choose that? It's like, well, I read a story, yeah, and I'm like, like, okay. <laughs> Right. But there's a but there is a constraint on that, and also people tend to gravitate to the most outrageous or the most uh, you know uh, uh, like it's funny to call it offensive. But honestly, that's how people react when they see armies that are composed of parts that shouldn't be together. They are offended by it. Mm. Um, it doesn't it doesn't match their it's the ludo narrative dissonance. TM yeah. apparently. Well, however, um, so this is great because it's not in this right. Yeah, exactly. So what what I'm saying is like this is this is really good because it 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 structurally makes it so that that doesn't necessarily happen, which is great. Yeah. Uh, so moving on from uh, narrative sweet chestnuts and then full hardcore conquerors, uh, let's move on to characters. Um, okay. So characters up to fifty percent of your army's points value may be spent on zero to one dukes. So you're not getting no, you're not getting more than one duke. Zero to one baron or prophetess per one thousand points, and then you great. can have paladins, damsels, and sergeant at arms to your heart's content. But you can only have. Uh, one baron and one Jew, or one prophetess, and baron and um, baron and prophetess are actually showing the same slot. Tell me how you feel about this. Yeah. So again, this gets right back to what we were describing. Like, um, I'm sorry to keep using 40k examples, but immediately what pops to my mind are armies that used to take all kinds of Tau commanders. So the, the Tau commander would be the Duke, 
right? It'd be the equivalent of that really powerful model. And people would just spam or like take repeated versions of a Tau commander by making it zero to one Dukes. It means that when you look at the army, if there's a Duke in it, there's one of them. And that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, that means like that means that he's the one guy. And I think that I think that's a really great limitation to have because he's probably also a G. He's probably pretty good at things. Um, another thing would be on the zero to one Baron of Prophetess per thousand points. That means you can have up to two prophetesses mm-hmm. um, uh, per, per thousand points. Prophetess versus damsel uh, is the higher uh, level uh, wizard that they have available to them, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was some concern with the magic that it's so blatantly obvious that all you'll ever want to do is take level four wizards. Uh, you wouldn't want to take uh, level two wizard because of how casting and dispel uh, 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 seems to work. So... Uh, this is cool. This means that the most you can have in a standard army would oh, be this, two of them. Yeah, in this army, like yeah, because yeah, in this like, particular army, yes. yeah, like if we saw like a, a Zinch army list, for example, at some point, that might get changed significantly, right? Like, it might be like you know, which is cool because then that makes you theme it more. Like you, you're not accidentally building like a magic castle um, out of a Bretonian army, which is positive because that's weird. Um, and yeah. doesn't really make much sense, which is cool. One duke in the army, I love that. Uh, but then you can have paladins and dabbles sergeant arms to your heart's content. And um, I don't think. Uh, uh, here's a little one. I don't think so. Chat, chat help me out. Has the sergeant at arms ever existed? Ooh, um, great question. Great I question. don't know that it has. And a sergeant at arms sounds like a uh, to me a NCO, a non commissioned officer, aka a filthy peasant character. <laughs> um. <laughs> And uh, I like I said that, on that, the internet, no way near any NCOs. <laughs> uh, and so a man of the people, and uh, that says to me that, oh no, you can't do it because you have to have Knights of the Realm. Okay, because I was going to say you could have an all peasant army potentially, but no, you can't. Okay, well that's pretty fun. Uh, okay, yeah. um, so then we go up to special. So special is up to fifty percent of your army's points value may be spent on squires, questing knights, Pegasus knights, and mounted yeomen. And then you can have zero to two units of battle pilgrims per thousand points. Up to so that means what you could have up to four in a two thousand point list. Uh, yes, which is fun. That's not really a restriction. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. And then finally, you got rare. So these are only twenty five percent. This is what's interesting. Some armies might be like twenty five percent on rare. You know, like they might like because this is individual. I have to think that other army lists are going to. Uh, change up these numbers, right, and ratios. Up to 25% of your army's points value may be spent on Grail Knights uh, mm-hmm. or zero to one field trebuchet per 1,000 points. So you can have 500 points of Grail Knights all in, um, and you can have two field trebuchets, basically, uh, in the list. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, it, a lot of uh, the list building in 8th edition was... Um, cause the difference between rare and special from even just the types of units they are, is not always really like that obvious why they would fall into one category versus the other. Yeah. Um, so I'll be curious to see if maybe we see things shifted around so that rare, some rare units actually move to special or vice versa, just because sometimes you, you feel a lot of pressure, um, trying to pick the right 25% to put in your rare. Um, especially when it's a very competitive slot, like uh, orcs and goblins, for example, have a lot of excellent rare choices in eighth edition. Just off the top of my head, so some some armies, like for example, looks like to me like Bretonians. You're probably taking your two field trebuchets again. I'm a I'm a Grail Knight hater. I don't think they'll be good, um, but uh, <laughs> so it doesn't feel like you're going to be struggling to uh, to fill up your your uh, your rare, or you you're not going to feel like you're 
having trouble or, or constrained by rare points in Bretonia. No, uh, Germany's in the chat points out, and I think this is an incredibly good point. I hadn't thought about this. This certainly mm -hmm. makes collecting or buying easier. You could just be like, I'm going to go out and get two trebuchets. That's the maximum I'll need for when I'm playing. Um, same with like whatever ground knights kind of points are. You don't ever need to take you know, a thousand points. I do kind of like that freedom in other game systems. Like I'm going to make my whole army ground knights, but narratively that doesn't make a lot of sense because no. they're quite rare, right? Like that's, that's kind of mm -hmm. the point. Um, okay. Previously, previously too, did they, they haven't mentioned any, uh, like there's no, um, universal restriction on these choices. Cause it used to be that in a army list. So a grand army used to be 3000 points. So basically when you were below that tier, um, you could only take, two like two duplicates of a rare choice so you could only have two units of grail knights in rare mm. um before so there was sort of a uh, and like special the same thing but i think it was three um that seems to no longer be the case looks like they're they're being more detailed about which units they want to restrict uh which is interesting do you know what from like from a from an like i think old world is going to be like a complex game to kind of like play not that much more complex than some of the other games because as we know warhammer is hard however yes. however from like a, you know i take this page and i could show this to someone and they'd be like oh cool i'm gonna buy two trebuchets some grail knights um i'm not really bothered about battle pilgrims i'll get a couple of units of pegasus knights i know i've got to get some knights of the realm i know i've got to get some men at arms i'll do that i've got to get a duke like because i need yep. a leader and i'll probably take a prophetess and like you've bought most of an arm it's guiding you um yeah. you know and the limitations are like you know not super super like heavy but the you know it's guiding you quite significantly do you worry it's, that it, you might see armies not armies be too similar or are you not bothered about that um well i mean one i'm, I'm probably not bothered about that um because i don't know why i've just i've never found i never found army building to be repetitive, although I am a degenerate who just can always switch to another army. Um, but um, no, I'm not. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, one thing, though, I would say um, is that it's also low key telling you what's good. Yeah. So I can only have I can only have one duke. Oh, he must be good. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know what these battle pilgrims are, but I should probably have a bunch of those. Uh, you know, like stuff like that. Like field trebuchet. I'm only allowed one in a thousand points. Seems good. So well, I just have loads of Pegasus knights. I'm getting battle pilgrims. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it that all is another way to help. So I think slam dunk so far. I, I feel like in the, and there's also. As the game progresses, there's the potential for things to get range limited. Maybe they discover that Pegasus Knights are a little little overcooked. Maybe they got to be owed, oh, uh, you know limited um, to prevent spamming or whatever it is. Um, they 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 can do that, um, so they can adjust the game to again repair that ludo narrative dissonance if it ever gets out of skew. Because of course, the second this game is in people's hands, no matter how well prepared the game is and how well it's been tested. Um, this thing's going to get uh, put through the paces by just yeah every single gamer who's interested in it. So um, we'll see how things hold up. Okay, I think that's a really good point. Okay, so uh, allies next. Oh, no, mercenaries. Sorry, mercenaries. Up to 20% of your army's points value may be spent on mercenaries. And we've covered this enough, I think. Could be mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, I, what I love, I don't want to say this now, is some mercenary company, don't care what they are, let's say an ambushing unit of 
pistol wielding uh, ogres. Let's ogres, if you like, will. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like I'm do, doing that, right? Man eaters. Yeah, <laughs> but like I love the idea that I could play my Bretonians. And then I just, like I'm just obsessed with this unit of mercenaries. And then I'm playing my Tomb Kings next time. And then I just have these guys as well. I love yeah, that. They'll show up. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. That's so great. And I can build my own story. They might also be good. There's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, allies next. Up to 25% of your army points value may be spent on single ally contingent drawn from any kingdom Bretonian army of infamy composition list we have a yeah. mm, interesting army of infamy infamy and then one of the following grand army composition lists dwarven mountain holds who we have suspicious allegiance with interesting. Man, okay high elf realms and then wood elf realms who we are also suspicious of we are suspicious um right <laughs> so uh, we are suspicious of those guys sus sus <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about uh, the fact that there is uh, these, uh, like they've named which armies, and then they've also yep. said that you have different kind of, I imagine this is going to be, I don't know how it worked in the past, I think this will be something along the lines of like, you won't be able to use the general's leadership, or won't be able to use BSBs and that yes. sort of stuff for suspicious. Um, yeah, and, uh, and yeah, they can get downright hostile sometimes. Um, so yeah, I again, don't like it, would be my 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 gut take on it. I think it. I, th I love the idea because the other thing about Ludo narrative dissonance. God, we have gotta stop saying that. Uh, is so basically uh, things that don't look right. Immediately, I'm like, why would Wood Elves be fighting alongside Bretonians? Like, come on, man. Like, when, like you're gonna have to like do some somersaults to make that work in your brain. Mm -hmm. Whereas to me, um, you know, the old world is based on an era of of armies, like like so uh, in Planet Earth place, uh, an era where armies were basically just mercenaries. Um, they were literally hired troops uh, that you know king, kings and 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 princedoms, kingdoms and princedoms would hire up, and they would fight each other. And they're professional soldiers, so they actually like it. Really, really would make sense to have mercenaries. And on top of that, when you look at a unit of mercenaries, no matter how wacky they are, you can say to yourself, "Oh, they belong there because they're being paid to be there." Mm. Whereas a grand army means that, like you know, a, a duke has made a cut a deal with someone uh you know in in a in a dwarf mine somewhere for some cannons and uh that doesn't hold together as well for me you know like where like that's like at a different level whereas like if it was just like uh old gumgrom's uh rusty cannon crew and it's <laughs> <laughs> you know like that and please and release that have, release old gumgrom's rusty cannon crew <laughs> you know and and you can only have one of them and I look at your list and be like, all right, that, that makes sense. They may have hired some dwarves to drag a crappy old cannon out here. Uh, so anyway, that's why I, I'm, I'm very hesitant about allies, um, just because um, they must be responsibly used, and uh, and we'll see how it goes. I suspect most people um, in their day-to-day -day collecting won't necessarily make use of them unless they have a, a reason for it. But in tournaments, again, I think it's not great. I would also like to uh, shout out, in my personal opinion, uh, where this can get spicy as hell. Because obviously there'll be a lot of narrative, there'll be some BL books, there'll be some other stuff as well. But one of the things I think is is really, really exciting is, you know, if I decide I'm going to bring in old Rusty Cannon, uh, Jib Jobs, uh, <laughs> Rusty Cannon. Yeah. Grumgrums. Grumgrums, uh, Rusty Cannon. Um, I could, you know, Bretonian those dwarfs up. I could make them like, sure. you know, mockeries of heraldry and all sorts of other stuff. And again, the kind of that, the 3D space, the creator space, or even just kitbashers could have an amazingly fun time with 
that element of the game. And I think that's quite fun. Um, and, and, and and I think, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's maybe like one of the things I'm quite excited about. I think, yeah. uh, I think there is so much creativity in this space that mm -hmm. people can create armies from. And I think actually being a little bit restricted on that. Other games are very freeform. And I also love them for being freeform as well. I think it's mm -hmm. really like, you know, different experiences. You know, you go out for dinner sure. for one experience, you go out for dinner for somewhere else for another experience. This is, this is going to bring its own experience. And I think part of that is being able to build very mm, arguably static armies, you know, like as in, uh, as in construction. I'll build myself... A unit of knights of the realm and a unit of men at arms, and they'll be there forever. So I can actually spend quite a lot of time on those if I want to, because there'll sure. be constant features in my army. Yep. Uh, and then I can experiment with everything else, which is fun. I think that's important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. There's a lot to unpack. Firstly, you can't overload your army with powerful wizards. There's however flexibility. I think we can skip that. Otherwise, mm -hmm. long, I think we can skip this bit as well. Um, Although it does say here that at least one paladin for that free battle standard bear upgrade, that's different. Um, previously, BSB's battle standard bears, which we still haven't confirmed what they do in this game. Um, oh, okay. okay. Uh, sorry, scroll. if you scroll down, it was in that paragraph you skipped. Uh, but you get it for free, at least for Bretonians. So I don't know if that is, if, is if that's I'm, a common thing or if that's just a different thing. This is why I'm reading the rule book. I never skip a single line. Like, and I have to, and someone with ADHD, it's horrific. I'm like, no, it's don't so skip. Tough. So tough, right? There is, however, the flexibility <laughs> to take characters lower ranks, paladins, damsel, sergeants. Uh, and you certainly want a paladin for a free battle standard bearer upgrade, which is cool. There you go. Okay, otherwise, as long as 25% of your roster for 500 points is spent on in a 2,000-point game, which we are not advising you play, just happens to be 2,000 points. It's spent on units listed as core. You include one unit of Knights of the Realm and other peasant levies. Army selection is very flexible. You expect Grail Knights and Field Trebuchets aren't such a common sight at 38 points per model. So we did get how much Grail Knights cost, 38 points per model, plus seven uh, per champion musician standard. So you can just cram two units of six Grail Knights onto a 2,000-point army. Perfect for any Duke who prefers to keep every single one of his eggs right in the decorative basket. Talking of Dukes... <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, however, what the hell, guys? Like... Aren't Foot Knights the new model? Like, shouldn't we talk about that? Yeah. Why are we pushing? <laughs> why are we? Why are we pushing? They didn't even rebase the Grail Knights in the Grail Knights article. They're on twenty fives, not on not on thirty by sixties. Jeez, Louise, guys, come on! All right, I'm, obs I'm obsessed with on. I'm obsessed with the fact that they won't talk about the new minis they're selling. <laughs> it's actually a really good point. Unbelievable! Uh, unbelievable! Talking to Dukes. We should take a look at, oh my God, we 100% should run a competition to let either the Twitch chat or the Patreon or YouTubers name our Duke for our armies. Uh, oh, I had no Big pain. Duke. <laughs> Big Duke. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Big Duke. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got Lords of Bretonia here. And then as you can see, it's a bit of a classic uh, thing. So what you've got is Duke at the top and it gives you all his stats and then getting cheaper as they go down barons and paladins and they kind of give you that and um and they'll probably uh i don't think they've put points here probably they'll give you what the points of each one of those are as well but not featured we get the base size as well 25 by 20 uh and what their equipment is yeah. and this is where so like a duke over a paladin for instance has got two additional wounds uh he's upper he's upper strength as well his weapon skills at seven he's got five attacks um so like there's there's some significant upgrades from a paladin to a duke uh, in melee 
But the bit that's, uh, I think, going to be overwhelming for new people, and I think it's worth discussing here, is you have yeah. a lot of you have a lot of potential upgrades. You got some choices here. You got some choices. Yeah. Um, but one of the exciting things here is this is hours of your life designing, oh, so designing. This is this, the toilet break of your dreams. This is taking a small holiday, going to the coffee shop and designing the, designing the Duke of your choice. Um, because uh, you've got so many options. You could take a Morning Star, but maybe if you don't want a Morning Star, you can have a great weapon. That's three points each. But if you want a Lance, uh-oh, you've got to make sure that Duke is mounted. You could take a Shield. Mm -hmm. The Shield's going to be awkward because you probably can't take that with a two-handed weapon. Maybe you want to go Lance and great Shield. Weapon. Great, yeah, great weapon. Yeah. Uh, so then you may be mounted. Uh, you can take a uh, a paladin vow. We don't know what those are yet. Questing vow or a grail vow. Don't know what those are. And you may also may take knightly virtues. Uh, purchase purchase magic items up to a hundred points. Uh, magic items up to, to oh, a different different. Uh, sorry, a paladin can only take fifty points of magic items, and a duke over a hundred points worth of magic items. Yep. Like, and all I hear right now is like tavern music like boom, bidim, boom, bidim, as i'm like looking through the wares <laughs> i'll take for 65 yeah. gold coins sir that magical shield yeah bidim, bidim, boom, bidim, boom. anyway tell me how you feel about this profile and what you're seeing um well uh i mean i'm very comfortable in this chaos uh and again it, it really allows your characters to be customized to whatever job you want them to be doing out there um, and, you know, even nestled in what seems to be an over, overwhelming array of options is more options. So, like, may take a single knightly virtue. Uh, there used to be a bunch of those um, uh, to, like, you know, figure out which one you want to take. Um, and then, of course, magic items. There used to be massive lists uh, that to scroll through and figure out what you want to do uh, on that front. So, again, um, this is actually where I... I I do struggle because I fear I always I don't like making bad choices. I think that's why I'm an I'm a big net lister. Always have been. I like I like to have a template because it really helps focus me on. Okay, here's what someone else has done that I think has got a good idea, and then I'll tweak it to like my own personal tastes and preferences. Um, and I do recommend anyone who's overwhelmed, like you're going to be seeing lots of people list building and stuff like that. Never be afraid of a net list to get started let's can, um, we, can, we, then, can we can we just take a bit of sting out of that for a moment because i know some yeah. people are going to react negatively to the term netlist can i just sure. can i just ask that person who is reacting negatively right now to look inside mm -hmm. of yourself and just say do i actually really understand what that means why am i so emotionally laden into that that what yeah. if i was basically talking about is someone who has got 40 hours of their week to design a, a bretonian list versus you who have a Saturday yeah. morning to rush. You've done the kids. You've been at work. You've done everything else. You've got to rush to a place. You literally don't have the same gaming experiences. And it's really valuable to appreciate the work that people will put into data mining information or even netlisting, like narratively netlisting lists. Like sure. actually, like from this particular battle, I designed a list that works exactly like it. It's a really <laughs> healthy thing that happens in the hobby. And is a great resource that people produce for other people. So I'd like to be, I'd like to just take the sting out of it for a moment, if that's okay. Because yeah. it's it's a good thing that's got a negative attached to the word for some reason. I don't know why. And well, I'd, I'd love to if we could briefly explore, uh, like uh, expound on that a little bit. Like so, in a lot of ways, we're we're, we're going to lose a lot of the progress that we made in uh, wargaming in Warhammer 
uh, over the last eight years by going back to the old world. Because a lot of people are going to come to the game with the mentality and approaches that they used to have. When I first started playing Warhammer 40K in the year 2015, uh, it was considered cheating by some to use an airbrush. Okay, like literally it was de described as cheating. Um, and there were all kinds of weird bugaboos that the community had, but net listing was certainly one of them, or net decking if you're into collectible card games. Um, and the reason behind that, I think, is that like because these armies that you build and paint and create are such like expressions of your own personal like effort and taste that some people place, I think, like a, a very uh, a high tier of of snobbish uh, value on doing it yourself. Whereas I think everything what Rob just said is completely true. Uh, which is that like not everyone has the boatloads of time to understand every option and have something that when you do finally get out there and put your army on the table and play, that you're not just going to have a bad time because you didn't think of certain combinations or choices um, that would have been better. And that's beyond, like, that's just in the customizing phase. That's not even like the actual units you're picking. So for me, who gets overwhelmed, I think, by all of the different choices, why I might take one thing over another, um, I, I find that the 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 value and the massive resource of community generated lists, things that people are trying out there, just just lets me start at a higher level, and then I spend the forty hours on the hundred points that I kind of want because I maybe disagree with a take in that list, um, and uh, and that that for me is still really satisfying, and I think leads for a better experience for me. I've always said that this is a completely legitimate way to go about playing this game. I think it still is. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Can I just tell you one of the things that I'm so excited about is, and I think we should do this. I'm actually really excited if you fancy doing it. Is you and me should build some like archetypes, like the like the like almost like classes, like you would get in D and D, like the Duke, mm -hmm. yeah. But like this is the Duke who's like a, a solo melee Duke, and then the next one is like the the Cav bus support Duke, and that's so sure. fun to build up like with magic items or vows or whatever it might be to build up these like awesome little characters uh, and what their suggestion is, or like you know build a bear, build a Duke. There's some fun stuff there, <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> I really yeah. like that. I think that's super fun. Uh, and yeah, it's really, really cool. And honestly, I do miss this from some of the other games. I do like this is looking at this. I was like, this is really cool. Like, I could choose a Morning Star. I could choose a great weapon. I could choose a Lance. Hobbying. This is great for hobbyists as well. They, you know, they've, they've they've put that on there, which is cool. Okay. That's actually such a that's a really great point. This is awesome for both halves of you, right? This is this is awesome for the hobbyist who wants to make a very specific thing. That is like a very specific like item. Maybe not. Maybe it's <clears throat> not super optimized, but it's what they wanted. But it also allows someone who's more of a gamer centric person to look at the you know requirements of a grand army and say, oh shoot, I don't have anything that can deal with X. And what having a really detailed you know character build out system like this allows you to do is you can come up with answers that your basic army maybe doesn't have. Um, and so that's another great reason. So it it. it it's a really wonderful thing. I love it. It's so much fun. And so I hope fun. everyone enjoys it. Yeah, so, so, so much fun. I got to say that, like, I'm about to, like, implode in pawn myself and, like, crunch into my own being like a dying star at the start of this next sentence where the legitimate oh, yeah. market <laughs> leaders of miniature wargaming started an article with grognards, may remember. Yeah. <sighs> Multiple But it's ranks. not... 
Okay, yeah, 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 go ahead. Multiple ranks of heroes from previous editions of Warhammer Fantasy Battle, and those delineations are still present and correct. A duke is a mighty warrior indeed, no time for feasting, issuing edicts are spawning decorously across your throne. For these guys, every Bretonian general is tremendously skilled at arms and strong as a troll. Okay. Mm, mm. And uh, then a sick picture, and then a sick picture of Duke killing a troll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and an out of 10 artwork. Uh, okay. Options abound. You'll note a choice of weaponry and all those other things. Uh, while in sh- a shield improves your armor save by, by plus one, which is fun. Uh, we'll gloss over the knightly virtues for now, but that sounds like a fun thing I can't wait to look at. And then we get to see what you could potentially, you know, mount your, your duke on. Um, and you obviously can do them on a horse. But we get, we get Boring. A, boring. We get a hippogriff. Hey. Um, and we see what that does. It adds plus one to the toughness of the character, gives mm. them plus three wounds, uh, which is nice. Um, and then we are going to get, uh, and we, have, we I, I know we have covered this, but can we just re, oh no, it doesn't really matter about what happened in the past. This is just good. That this does. is good. This is good. No, actually, no, I, I think this is actually super legit to touch on. In the past, a, a monstrous mount was separate from the character, mm-hmm. which means that you it was really wonky. It was, it was terrible. Right and it also... Create a lot of feel bad moments where your hippogriff would die out from underneath you, or your lord would die off the off the top of the hippogriff. Um, so now it just is a basically it's a buff to the character, and it becomes one nice big unit, and it is way better. So this is a big kudos. Uh, yes, way. This is yeah. This is fantastic. This is actually probably opened up the design space massively. Like, uh, watch out, <laughs> watch out, TM. Um, uh, then we see it's got movement seven. It's monstrous creature. It's on a 50 by 50 mil base. Uh, and then it's got the equipment, uh, may have barding. And then it's got its bunch of USRs, close order, counter charge, fly, uh, large target, stomp attacks, D3, swift stride, and terror. And again, another wicked picture. Uh, yes, your mm. duke or one of your fancy barons is entitled to ride a hippogriff, captured as a chick and trained from birth as one of the fiercest mounts of the old world. They're fast, strong, and lethal in combat, and they fight independently of their rider, but combined profiles make it a single model that's much tougher. So really huge, huge positive that we love, uh, in my yep. opinion, um, which is good. And you did point out to me pre-show that obviously uh, Louis Longcoeur, and if they are to reintroduce Mr. Louis Longcoeur, um, who is metal. Well, not, yeah. Uh, then yeah, he yeah. will be a baron on a hippogriff, right? Yeah, he well, yeah, he won't be Louis, but uh, he'll he'll be a, a a fancy dude on a hippogriff um, that potentially could be released. Also, like although a metal model, I gotta say, like from an era of like uh, metal sculpting, kind of from the two th- early two thousands, basically like the sixth edition window to like seventh edition, um, some really beautiful uh, things that they sculpted in that era. Uh, and I think Louis actually is one of those. Uh, he will look comical next to um, the uh, the big griffin that uh, Carl Franz used to ride around on. But um, <laughs> uh, he is uh, he's nonetheless a pretty cool model. Oh, uh, a quick point, because I think it's been pointed out in the chat, and we didn't cover it as much. Um, you know, this means that we get a seven-wound duke. Yeah. Like, and toughness five or six? Toughness five, I think. Toughness five. Is, He's got his five the, attacks himself. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, all the attacks from the Hippogriff. It's a lot of wounds. That's good. Um, like, yeah, it's very good. Like, you can see why, uh, especially like, you know, monstrous, probably lords got, will be restricted to one. Now, I have a question here. Now, if you if you could go back to the top, uh, scroll up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because 
we've got um he's got the guy got uh close order wicked claw asserted and griffonic pout pelt counts as heavy armor so that makes me quite wonder if does that stack with the duke's heavy armor or is that is that um is that something else uh, uh somehow separate because again if it's all combined profiles uh, the way it usually works is you know heavy armor would be a in the old days, five plus, and then a shield would get you to a four plus, and then if you're on a barded warhorse, you'd get to your uh, three plus, and then uh, now you're not mounted, so you get no more no more bonuses. Um, so I'm wondering how that particular rule uh, stacks because that might let you get him to a two plus armor save. I think I think it will stack. I think that's what it's going to do. Um, and yeah, because th- then if he does have a two up armor save, this is a two up before magic items, a two up seven wound lord uh he's that's pretty good we get some ward saves in there get some regen uh then we got some we got ourselves a legitimate yeah we got ourselves a problem is what i'm gonna call him (laughs) (laughs) right you got got yourselves a stat check yes (laughs) at the other end of the martial scale are the men at arms yeah the better end the 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 lads working holding up the the fiefdom um, what, <laughs> what they lack in combat prowess, they also lack in workers' rights. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they lack in bravery, equipment, and chivalric acumen. Uh, on the other hand, they're very cheap. Uh, exactly. Uh, wages are suppressed. They don't <laughs> hold up too bad, the men-at-arms. I'm going to say it now. I love the men-at-arms. Yeah. They're, they're squatty potty, but uh, they're... I, I, this is actually one of those units that when I uh, rediscovered fantasy and started wandering around it, I hadn't ever actually seen these because they would okay. have come out probably around 2000, and I just was like, so cool. I love their... Pavés, I think, style shields. Mm-hmm. The long shields. Um, they got lots of like padded. Uh, tower they don't have armor. Tower shields, I think maybe. Tower, tower shields. Something Pavés like is also yeah. Uh, big shields. Um, and uh, and uh, they used to have, I think, pole arms, which were distinct distinct weapons. I don't know if that's still the case. What do they have? Uh, they yeah no they have pole they have pole oh well we'll, we'll scroll down and see we'll scrolly downy. Uh, they've got hand weapons, pole arms, and light armor polar. And shields. Polar. There you go. So then we can see the stat line for these guys. They've only got one wound each, one attack each. Uh, there is a yeoman who's the sergeant. He's got two attacks, and a grail monk's got two attacks as well. Um, uh, these are the profiles. They're only weapon skill two, which is pretty yikes. It's not great. It's not great. They're hitting, hitting, hitting most things on fives. Uh, and also, things are going to be hitting them pretty easily, including that Duke on twos because of the new weapon skill to hit chart. Uh, yes. So double plus one. So anything weapon skill five is going to hit these guys on twos, which isn't which isn't super awesome. Not good for them. Not good for them. Mm-mm. They start as a unit of ten. They're on twenty five by twenty five millimeter bases, so pumped up. Uh, yep. And they got hand weapons, pole arms, light armor, and shields, which is going to give them a five-up armor save. You can upgrade them to have a yeoman, a grail monk, a standard bearer, a musician, and then the grail monk may be equipped with a blessed triptych of plus Ooh. twenty-five points, which we do not know what a blessed triptych is. And then I think we they have... explain it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fun. Uh, then they got close order, horde, levies, peasantry, shield wall, and warband. 
all are special rules. Okay, a grail okay. monk functions as a kind of second champion whose blessed triptych will inevitably prove useful. It grants a whole unit stubborn, which is huge. So the first time they're required to take a break test, they don't need to risk a dice roll. Instead, they fall back in good order, combined with shield wall, which allows them to give ground instead of falling back. They're capable of stealing the impetus from even the heaviest cavalry. So they are just a classic anvil, pain, as they say. Yeah, a pain sponge, if you will. Also, I just want to call out here in those special rules, I don't think we've seen anything before. Have we even seen a regular unit? I don't think we've seen a core unit, really. Um, Horde is listed as a special rule. That's mm -hmm. going to be triggering to some. Horde was a rule from 8th edition that they brought in, which in those days allowed you to fight in an extra rank. Yes. Um, so I don't know what it does here, but um, you know, maybe they'll have a, a, a lot of low-quality attacks. Who knows? Uh, yeah, maybe. Like, fight from an extra rank, maybe? Yeah, that, well, that's what it used to be, yeah. Um, okay. So I don't, I don't know if they, I don't know if they want to return that, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, Steadfast and Horde, those are, those are two hot, hot stove uh, things. So we'll see what Horde does now. Okay, uh, yes. Um, so then we got, and then we, we, well, we don't see what it says in the article. Anyway, what do you think of the, the you know, a standard profile? Because for a core unit, I think this is also something worth talking about. For a core unit, <laughs> look at that leadership too. Oh boy! Yeah, I know, rough six. <laughs> uh, but for for a core unit, this mm -hmm. has actually got a lot of utility built in with those USRs, which is what we talked about, you know, in last week's show. Close order, horde, levies, peasantry, and shield wall. And they do talk about the fact that stubborn being given by uh, the Grail Monk works really well with shield wall. Um, so they have like they this actually unit of basically schlubs. Uh, who aren't that good in combat actually still perform a lot of functions thanks to all of those interacting universal special rules. And so right. while while they're not like you know the stellar you know combat character on a on a mount, they are doing a lot of stuff for their rules, mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. great. That's what you want out of even the you know the most basic troop, right? They're still doing stuff. That's fun. And I and I gotta feel like that's a lot more rules than a brick of of. Uh, men at arms used to have yeah that, um, yeah i haven't done that yes exactly i haven't done that correlation yeah. but it still feels like they're given a lot of rules and the rules really create the story right and 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 that's mm -hmm. really exciting to see then yeah armies of infamy and this seems infamy. to be this is an infamous moment another bit great bit of art the grand army is not the only way to select a force how dare you right <laughs> however <laughs> Each faction will gradually gain access, and this has to be via books, right, uh, to armies of infamy, which provide often mm -hmm. wildly different ways to muster a force. As a Bretonian lord... Wildly! Wildly! Uh, you might wish to enter exile. Oh! I'll be sent there. I wouldn't choose it. Especially as it means <laughs> you can take the forbidden border prince's bombards into battle. Oh, my! Oh my! While those who really just enjoy knights and more knights may prefer the errantry crusade. There's no old oh, world almanac. Wow. There's no old world almanac next Monday. It's Christmas Day after all. But check on the 26th for something of an off-white Christmas, which I think will be the launch day. This is phenomenally huge stuff. So what we're talking about is like I think very much like we see um, we're seen in armies of renown in AOS, which is like, come on, AOS guys, why did you steal this? Come on. Uh, <laughs> they even used army. They, they even used, the, but like the term armies of renown is a is a Warhammer fantasy term, and they also use it in Warhammer, like 40k. I always found it really weird that the special special armies were armies of renown. Armies of infamy, though, that is a G title. 
Yeah, armies of infamy. JTY, JTY really, really coming up with a nice new way to describe this. I'm into armies of infamy. Yeah, this is when JTY was still like new to the company and he was in the he was in the cafe and he was talking to the AOS guys. He's like, yeah, so I'm going to do this thing. Uh, I'm going to call it like, armies of renown or something. And they were like, oh, are you, are you, are you, are you? And then they went and did it. And then he was like, you motherfuckers, I'm going to make mine way <laughs> GTY forever. Armies are- uh, armies of renown been been a long way. I mean, obviously, this is more of a uh, uh, no, not armies of renown. Uh, thesaurus. I want something a little more evil, uh, <laughs> infamy, infamy. Um, but no, I love I, I love it. I think that's sick. So that's cool. So border princes and errantry crusade uh, potential border, army I'm, list and border princes gaining you access to a bombard, but. With the exception of a seeing a new bombard mini, which is one of the potential options, this sounds like the opportunity to kit bash a bombard, yep. which mm-hmm. is insanely good um, and yes. fun. Uh, and then, uh, and, I, and there's an ancient citadel bombard, I believe, as well, from like way, way, way back in the day. So it's a medieval cannon. So it like sits on like a block of wood, and it's just yeah, it's oh that's fun. It, it's fun, yeah. And okay. there are definitely some awesome third party bombards out there, um, yeah. in, in in 3D printing world. Yeah, well, I, and I like the idea of running like you know a border princes slash uh, armies in exile Bretonian army, which is fun as well. And this does mean that the units that you've painted up now have got even more ways to play. And again, that's very exciting. You, that's what you want. You want the maximum, you know, give with your armies or your units you've painted. Or contrary to that, uh, if you already have a Bretonian army, uh, which is probably painted up much in a way similar to that. Uh, grand army that we've already seen uh now now you might be right now before you read this been like oh man i don't give a shit like i don't want to i don't want to build a new bretonian army but i love my bretonians and then boom now there's two completely different narrative ideas for you to build and paint your your army around beyond you know any differences in rules and all that kind of stuff so that's really fun and cool a good way again to generate something out of basically nothing yeah, of course. Like, and then yeah. this means if this is what they're gonna, and this must be via a book, right? This must be like via the Tomb King book. Like, I'm not really sure, but like, I would feel like that's the way. And if that's the case, Campa- then, it could be campaign books. Like, could be a campaign book. Like, uh, no, I think it, I think I think the rumors are that there's gonna be a rule book for each one. Makes me feel like it has okay. to be like it has to be each book. Um, and then that means that, like, you know, if you are someone who's like, I can't wait for the old world. Robert, don't really give a shit about Bretonia. I'm really excited for when, I don't know, Dwarven Holds come out. We might yeah. see, like, very different Dwarven, like, you know, your classic Grand Army Dwarfs. And you might see, I don't know. Like, yeah, what Slayer. would they be? Yeah, what would they be? That'd be so sick. It could be, tro- it could be a Slayer Horde. Like... Yeah, so yeah. sick. Drunken dwarfs, like just bugmen <sighs> at the head. They're just hammered. Yeah, all rangers. Yep. Ambushing randomly. Like just from a different bits of them. They don't know where like, they are. Or just a band of dwarves that live in the Empire. That's a thing. Like those are that's a that's a piece of the narrative. Like, yeah, who knows? Like, and like, and then repeat for every faction. That is so cool. And also, that is, I think, uh, again. It's fan service, but it's also, I think, a good thing to have taken from previous things, which was, um, and I don't know them very well, but in 6th and 7th edition, certainly 6th, 6th had a lot of unique, uh, they were done through unique force org charts, often through uh, White Dwarf and things, that would let you take different combinations of things that were themed around something. So there was a troll, uh, sorry, there was a Slayer um, army uh, that you could do in those days. Um, so, uh, you know, having this means that it seems like maybe every army will get some really cool 
um, themed um, army list that you can then just have so much fun building. And again, it's going to give a reason for people who have a cabinet of stuff to be like, oh, I don't like my grand army anymore. I want to, I want to like a renegade badass Duke living in some hovel in the border princess. That's what I want. So yeah, that's sick. Yeah. I like that. Or what was the, other, what was the other one? It was uh, the questing army, right? Like an errantry crusade. So yeah, yep. you could go again, get some tomb Kangs. Yeah. Go, you could go do that and set that up as well. That is sensationally fun. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think, like several of those elements have kind of blown this game wide open for me like even more so than i was like i'm glad we're at the stage where we're finding about army building i love yeah. the uh the army construction i think that's good yeah. i like the character building i think that's great as well um yep. i like how rules dense even the most basic unit is i think that's yep. actually that's a compliment um, uh, and I know some people are going to be like, oh, Rob, that might be a lot. And I'm like, it is a lot. Warhammer is hard. I understand. But for rules nerds like me, I'm like, it's got, because it's it's definitely got a lot of interaction, but it's not necessarily Necromunda level of like, you know, yeah. over but, the top. But also like, like one thing that I was, I was really worried about and why I've been applauding every single hint we've gotten of a, of a new like unit entry, every, every single time we've seen a, a, a USR or something was like, the danger of, and I think this is the trap that 40K got into when they reboot, is you you reboot to really basic be um, army list styles, units with very little flavor, units with very uh, little, few interactions, and you get a, a very vanilla build of the game that then, cravenly, they build on top of with codex releases, new models, all that kind of stuff. It, what they're doing here is they're releasing a game that they don't have to release a single other thing for. Like uh, like the the grand army lists, I'm I'm just based on what that 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 Bretonian one, if they, if they're all written with that degree of detail, and if men at arms get that many freaking rules, um, we're getting a game that again we they don't need to do, in order for us to enjoy it, people who enjoy fantasy already, um, they don't need to do a damn thing. Like it's just going to be a game out uh, like a full game, yes, including those factions getting PDF lists, a full game at launch. That's nuts. And that's also something that naysayers have said you can't do when you're rebooting. You, could, you couldn't possibly release good rules for everything. That's impossible. Um, uh, and I've Especially always said one man, one, one man, <laughs> one man. Uh, and like, but like, but like this, this is this is a conventional wisdom. Is like, why does GW trickle feed codexes out in 40k uh, across an edition? Why don't they just give us good rules for everybody off this at the start? and then do fun stuff along the way that makes us interested in different ways. That's exactly what they're doing here. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that this works, that they follow through, and they're able to, to like see this, this vision continue to grow and, 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 and continue, because I think this is a kind of exactly what I hope for uh, when, when I see um, that you know, a new reboot's coming. Like this, for example... Will will AOS 4.0, assuming I think it's a full, I assume it's a full reboot. I don't know. Oh no, we don't uh, know that. We don't know that. Yet. We don't know. We don't know that. Probably is uh, based on a lot of other things. Like when we're comparing whatever a, 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 a an index battle tome is to a uh, one of the you know um, you know PDF yeah. lists that we get for 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 old world. Um, I'm gonna bet that that PDF list is just gonna be far more like girthy and and interesting to play with. 
even if that's the only list that that army has for you know the next three or four years. Well, I think one of the things that I think um, is most exciting about like the like all of the armies getting the same level of like care and attention when they've launched, uh, yeah. which is really fun, is that like the the way that you know the classic games where they release a codex and then that really far outstrips the PDF. What the that it looks like those books are going to do, they're just going to give you more ways to play that army versus like necessarily uptick the power level. Uh, and of course, maybe one of those armies of infamy, infamy is just really, really good, right? Yes. Like that just happens to be the case. But maybe also just one of the basic grand armies is also really good as well, you know? And um, and I think that's what's that's quite interesting. Uh, They're certainly going to have a lot of rules. And, you know, that's usually, you know, when things are underperforming, generally speaking, it's because they just either they're too expensive or they just don't have enough interesting stuff. They don't have things that can do things on the on the on the table. Yeah, doing so, stuff is really, really cool. Yeah, I would yeah, say you gotta I, do stuff. Yeah, I would say follow, follow up as well. Like this kind of feels like the reverse not the reverse but like it, it feels like a countermeasure because it does feel like i know that a lot of feedback and a lot of people's responses to seeing the all of those very old tomb king models in that box some people were like segue. hype but some people were like pretty like oh my god like you can't be doing this but you, we don't know the resources of this department we know games workshop's resources they're massive but games workshop mm -hmm. are very miserly we've seen that multiple times across multiple projects we know how much they underpay their staff we know all of those things and so mm -hmm. if it's just been a single couple of people like the resources given to this project was very small then this might be their like okay we can't make a lot off the minis because we're not given the scope to make a lot of minis but what we can do is we can really give you an adventure of the mind. We can create yes. the rule set of your dreams. Yes. We, yeah. can, we can give you like, I've been calling them thought boners. You know, we can give yes. you, thought, we can give you like a, uh, like a, you know, a Duke who's now a renegade thought boner and I, we can produce those. And so that's our way of like making you more excited or interested in what's happening. Um, yep. you know, and they can lean on like what to the Total War franchise has done as well and how they've expanded uh, the universe as well. So I, I feel like the, we're not seeing a lot of the work put into the minis because they weren't allowed to be. And then we're seeing a lot of <laughs> yeah. work put in the rules because that's the one space that they, they're like, you can sell some books. And they were like, right, we're going to sell the books. Sell some books. Yeah, sell some books. Uh, the yeah. BBB, the big blue rule book um, that we saw. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I couldn't agree more, Rob. And like, I think it's, it's, uh, I've always been a big believer that like, um, like the Games Workshop, when Fantasy died, had a thing that, um, you know, models sell models, basically. They were a model company. And this is probably a perspective that a lot of people coming back into the Games Workshop fold uh, would um, uh, probably still kind of assume to be the, the case. And also why I think maybe some of that backlash against like Tomb Kings is something. But the, to me, the reality has always been plainly obvious that um, for the most part, rules sell models. So the people who want to like, and again, it's all about aspiration as well. Like from a, from a business perspective, it's about wanting to play these things. Sometimes people will just buy the stuff and it sits on the shelf or whatever. They don't ever get to play the game, but they do get to build lists and aspire to getting the army of their dreams on the, on, on the, on the battlefield. And they will often buy as if that's going to happen. So the more ways you have to remix what you've already got again, and the more options that are given to, um, find ways to take again like all of these discarded parts uh i when i when i switched to fantasy i said uh it was it had a lot to do with my distaste with how 40k was being managed 
And I said, screw these guys. I'm going to go play the game that they left in the dumpster. While JTY was somewhere nearby and was like, well, yeah, it's a pretty good looking game. Okay. Oh, I can probably make some of that. <laughs> and, and he did. And again, respectful voice for JTY. Um, and, uh, and, you know, off he went. And, uh, and I'm sure, obviously, there's other people on this team, but maybe not that many. And, you know, this, this really is shaping up. Like, I don't give a shit about Games Workshop. I give a shit about Warhammer. And it's, it is really feels like it's going to be some good Warhammer. And that's that's great. I'm excited for for people's enjoyment, uh, like like the feelings it produces. You just, you you're so right. Like like I love the Builder Bear Duke. I already picture people being like, right, okay, Rob, yeah. Like I've read through all the magic items. Obviously, I'm doing like the Duke on a hippogriff with this item and this magic sword, and I'm doing that. But obviously, I'm also doing the other Duke. Come on, I'm not not doing <laughs> two Dukes. Like what? Yes. I look like an idiot. Like uh, you know, the excitement and enthusiasm I think people all have for those those different characters. I think will be fun. Um, you know that. Like, like uh, <laughs> it's one of the things I, I've experienced a lot recently is you know the passion and love that people do put into these armies because I'm mainly an event Warhammer person. Yeah. I see someone who has built and produced an army, and they normally have a lot of love and enthusiasm for what they've built and done, and they want to yeah. share that with you. And yeah. the more the more spaces that are given to us to do those things, you know, going up from uh, what is it going up from a paladin or is it no you go you go up from a paladin to a Where's the middle rank? It's a uh, uh, baron. A baron. Yeah, like, you know, like there's going to be a moment where at some point in a game, my paladin is going to destroy your baron in a fight. Yeah, and I'm going to be like, guess who's the baron now? Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's quite fun. That's quite fun. There's some think, fun stuff. It, there's tons of fun stuff. Um, and uh, by the way, first new rules that Bretonia have gotten in 23 years, I think 2000 is when their previous army book released, or maybe it's at least 20 years. Um, and I think that relates to, to um, when you give people the creative space to build and paint and do all the, these things. Um, the other thing, and you talk about this a lot, you talk about the production meta. Mm. And if I could paraphrase what that is, that's the, uh, the lag time between like a new rule being released and or a new box being released and the amount of time it literally takes to physically make, build, paint and get that thing on the table, uh, you know, competitively or otherwise, um, there's going to be some time there because everyone's going to have different uh, amounts of time to be able to spend to do that. When you look at a, the way and the pace at which, say, like a game of 40K has moved, and I'm not even talking about codexes, but we're talking about like additions. Additions have moved on, on this three-year cycle so that like someone who might be interested in getting into the game and might say buy, you know, with the reboot, they pick up um, orcs because I play orcs. They pick up orcs and they build their army of orcs uh, and, you know, uh, they just in time for that army to be on the table with the rules that they have. Well, boom, now codex is coming and a codex is dropping. That's probably going to be in the spring sometime. And now orcs are a different beast. They, they're going to be totally different. Um, and uh, and the pace of change is just breakneck. And I had a great interaction in the uh, Old World Facebook group um, uh, with, with someone who basically I'd written a, a, a post of talking about how my passion came from going to events, playing in tournaments, because you meet people, you make friends. That's how Rob and I, our friends, is, is meeting at an event um, many, many years ago. And a lot of my closest friends are people who I've met in that process. And it was just, just such a wonderful thing to participate in. And there's a lot of this... Um, hatred, not just for tournament players and, you know, all kinds of derogative terms for people who play games at tournaments um, and, and what they do to the game, but also just this sense that, like, if 
that because tournament players are the most influential, and they are, without any doubt, that it is very hard to keep up, especially when you have a game with 20-plus factions being uh, drip-fed out, um, and also you're getting different, um, like, uh, you know, seasons or rule sets that govern the mission set, um, you know, year to year or sometimes, you know, half year by half year, um, that it can be incredibly discouraging because your army that you finally got to the table now either is really suboptimal or just straight up doesn't work. Mm. Um, so something like this, which feels like if they're, if they're coming to the table with really strong uh, grand army lists for everybody, um, and then are adding on to them rather than superseding them as maybe that's what they're kind of hinting at. I know, I know that's what you've been um, uh, saying for a long time now, that that might be the nature of you know campaign books or army books or whatever they might wind up being. Then you're going to have a much more stable meta, uh, or you're going to have a much more stable game that, yes, is going to be changing in the margins, but it's not like something that someone getting into it couldn't possibly keep pace with. And I think that's really important for both getting people into the game and not discouraging people. Because I'm feeling that that discouragement um, <clears throat> a lot around like things like, especially 40K's 10th edition, which is um, uh, new for the sake of new in a lot of in a lot of ways. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think something that really backs up this point and is actually like a, a real like compliment to to now we're seeing the rules in more detail is if you own a Bretonian army. So like as a compliment to like players of the past if you own a bretonian yeah. army the points for your grail knights are the same as the points as they were so uh, you sure, actually yeah. you actually don't need to buy any more grail knights like yes you might want to rebase them maybe you don't maybe you don't, warhammer community definitely wants you to buy more grail knights yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but not the men at arms no no sorry not the not the guys on foot for right. some reason we should do right <laughs> Like that's uh, yeah, you're right. Why didn't they focus on those? That's such a good point. Like I, as soon as you said it, I was like, these guys hate making money. They're so stupid. <laughs> like, but like, like you know, they've done a real service to the people in the past because you don't yeah. have to go out and buy a ton more Grail Knights. You don't have to go buy any more trebuchets. And similarly. Um, you know, like you can immediately translate. You don't need to have more or have less. You also haven't made them three times more expensive so that you've like, oh, now I've got, you know, 12 too many Grail Knights. I've got exactly the right amount of Grail Knights as I, 10 years ago, as I do now. And and this, I think, is, a, like I, you said you had goosebumps or something when you when you read the list, uh, when you read this this morning, but you just gave me goosebumps because this is exactly... Um, something that really bothered me about 40K. So in, in 9th edition 40K, I looked at my orcs and I realized that the only things that like um, that were popular in the meta at that particular moment when the book came out were the new models. And, and it wasn't that I... They didn't pre present me with a situation where I wanted to buy the new models. They made it a situation where I had to buy the new models. Mm. And that is, that is being a bully. And that's also being fucking lazy. What this does is it says, you've already got these models. Here's some sick rules. Go play this game again. Enjoy yourself. Have a nice time. Also, here's some other really creative rules. And what that's going to do is that's going to make me want to buy new models. That's going to make me, if I, ha I have a Bretonian army list over here, we just learned about, we just, we, we just learned about uh, oh, the bots. border princes yeah. and, and bombards. And I'm immediately thinking like, oh shit, like, I want one like that, you know, like I have, but I, <laughs> me I have one, yeah. you know, but I, I already have one and it's themed as a grand army, but like, there's going to be so many people out there who's, who have lost these things. Like, again, there was a great, 
there's a tremendous loss when this game went away because people were very attached to it because it's awesome. And and now it's going to come back. It's a lot of the same, but it's going to provide opportunities to do new things that you want to do, not that you have to do, because that's the way Games Games Workshop does is is they make you buy the new book. They make you buy the next thing because you have to. If you want to keep up, you have to. This is going to be a, a, a hopefully a nice stretch of releases where something comes up. Oh, that's cool. And if you already have it, great. If you don't, or if it's a different theme or a different vibe and you want to do it, that again, that like mind boner will go off and you'll want to do it. And that's going to actually create customers who don't feel abused all the damn time. Of course, until they get the cash register because it's still expensive. But, <laughs> um, you know, like that, that to me is, is like the right way to do this is like this stuff is so cool. You don't have to have predatory <laughs> sales tactics to sell it. You don't have to uh, just put people in a grind and make them keep buying, keep buying. You can just very easily make them excited to buy your shit. And I feel like now this is a good time maybe to briefly talk about Tomb Kings. I think that's why you may have you see that, and especially in the comments of your last video, by the way, over 10,000. Uh, Rob, it's funny. Uh, Cut, cut half the weight out of the, the show, and suddenly we doubled our Don't views. Don't be like but, that. It was just because I literally did an emergency podcast uh, about the, the leak teasing, of the launch box. That's huge. I know. It was awesome. Uh, but like, uh, just just to hop on that, you see this dichotomy in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the comments, which is people who were so excited for the idea of new Tomb Kings coming, and because they're not you know, uh, absorbing every between-the-lines thing that they've seen and every almanac like uh, you and I have... They didn't realize that, in fact, we already saw that old old skeletons were coming back in the reveal for the the big bone dragon. Um, and so they're now very disappointed because now they feel like they have to buy these old models. Right. Can they I, feel like I, that. This. Can I take a moment to, to, to yeah. read you the I was like, I bet I can showcase this and I can show you I can read you the top two newest comments on that video as an example to back you up. Let me read oh, the yeah, first. Yeah. 30 minutes ago, uh, Highvolt wrote, the second I heard these old world minis were going to be metal and resin, I completely lost interest. The comment yeah. below that from New Royalty Pie, in all caps, I just want the box, please. <laughs> <laughs> right? And like, there's lots of people who like wish they could have gotten these armies they couldn't afford them when they were around or whatever reason. They didn't have the time. Uh, lots of things. Uh, and they're so excited to get the old models. Um, and the thing is, is those old, old models, maybe they don't uh, strike your fancy, but maybe there's a Tomb Kings uh, army of infamy that doesn't rely on derpy skeletons. Maybe the, maybe the core elements are something else. Or maybe it was a cool remix that happens, and like suddenly, maybe your mind fires up. Maybe you realize that the only people who make Warhammer are Games Workshop, but there's lots of play people who make miniatures. Uh, and you know, like you don't have to just buy their stuff. Uh, you can you can find lots of other op options that look maybe closer to what you imagine they should look like. So like, and when you have uh, rules that encourage people to find solutions for models that don't exist then that also, to me, feels like permission to be like, you don't like these? Fine, fuck, go find yourself something else. And when they release things that are sick, that look awesome and are developed and created in ways that they're really good at, because they are straight up good at making models, um, then maybe I'll want to buy it. And it's not that I have to buy it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that, to me, is the right way to, to make a game and, uh, and to get people excited to really get um uh you know diehards they're like people who are like super committed to it because they are engaging in it freely they aren't being led along by their noses
Um, so that's a great, that's that's a why, great tagline, yeah. right? Like it's a great, great potential tagline. Like that, you know, their pitch. Not saying that they did do like a, a, you know, an elevator pitch or a single fridge pitch. That, that, but they just, they were like, hey, we're relaunching the old world. You don't have to buy any of it, but we'd love it if you joined us. Like that's a, that's a kind of nice. Yeah, come along. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you've said, like it's that they're like, we're gonna just make some cool shit get in if you want to versus like you know you have to is it is a great shout it's, a, it's an interesting point definitely i think very much like your journey with the square base show ladies and gentlemen yes. out there in the world uh you don't have to join us but you should um uh, <laughs> it definitely should, it should be a good ride and we will be bringing bringing you more videos and content obviously ramping up to the release and post release uh we mm -hmm. me, and, me and me and Val have talked about that a lot so if there is anything you would like to see from us leave them in the comments uh if you are one of the amazing patrons of sports square base then you know dm us leave comments uh you know in the discord hit us up with ideas and thoughts about stuff you want to do uh in the future you know we're going to be running events you know stl like we literally talked last week you know Val was like there's no one could get square bases in the right sizes i was like no problem we'll solve that like on it. yeah on it done and that's available now so hopefully we'll try and do a bunch of that stuff as much as we can would love to integrate more with like the already existing uh square based community so like triple rank crown wargaming as an example you know people they're like coming they'll, they'll be at they'll be at the square base gt2 the resurrection so but in, they're coming. But, but like you know like we'll we'll talk about events you're holding we we've talked about yeah. potentially producing uh like a community calendar so people know when there are events around the world uh yeah. you know all those things that we could help so if there's something we can do in the future to help you you know we're going to run a square based event here in this place or whatever let us know uh we'll try our hardest to get involved in that if that's possible Heck yeah. Uh, uh, good. Any any kind of shout outs or anything you want to like sign us off with, bud? No, I just freaking over the moon excited for this. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it's it's amazing that it's it feels like it's definitely almost here and we're going to be actually playing this game. That's wild to say. Uh, and uh, anything you want, you're going to be able to play anything you want. Any 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 army that is. Uh, uh, I assume not melted down and uh, you know ashes in your uh, driveway um, can be played. Uh, so that's going to be sick. I can't wait to see. Um, I can't wait to see people playing the game, arguing about what's good because again, no one's going to know. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see uh, events start to come out. Can't wait to see just like how many people actually show up um, because I know just anecdotally so many uh, you know close friends. Um, People who I've uh, you know uh, poisoned their minds with uh, <laughs> with with hype, uh, but also just people who have wished they could still play fantasy. Uh, maybe you're feeling a little wary of whatever they're into these days, or just just straight up excited to be able to do this again. Um, I can't wait to play games with them. It's gonna be fun. I'm also completely overwhelmed by how we uh, once we just have like a thousand pages of things to talk about rather than one tiny almanac. Uh, article that one almanac that we spend an hour and a half dissecting uh this could uh you know it'll be challenging maybe uh, if anyone's an editor out there uh we could probably use one <laughs> <laughs> uh well uh it's gonna be fun it's like this yes. this i was i've did the math even a launch it might be something like uh, like well it'll be something like 20 armies to review um uh i, I think 18 so three 18. Six, seven, and then that was the non-core. That's uh, three, five, uh, nine, sixteen. Sixteen so armies. I hope. By the way, like... non-core. So, the, by the way, that Pete, I wanted to highlight this before, but non-core. So these armies will have rules. 
as good as the other grand armies. Dark Elves, Skaven, Vampire Counts, Demons of Chaos, Ogre Kingdoms, Lizardmen, Chaos Dwarves. That's what they said were the other factions. Um, so nothing about Dogs of War, um, but uh, or or Kislev or Cathay in the other factions bucket. I'd say we could still hope that we see some from those guys later. But that's ba- that's everything. It's literally everything, guys. It's gonna be awesome. Okay. Well, it's gonna be really good. Uh, so hope you liked it. Um, and then uh, yeah, uh, please do you know like tune in, share it with your friends. Don't share it on other places that you're not meant to share it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for from the four corners of the world. Stay square based. <laughs> That's good. Let's, let's, we'll workshop it. I think that's a we'll good work plan. it. Yeah. We'll work.